Who's wrong and who's wronger? In this corner, followed by Millions James, the exploding unicorn, Breakwell. And in that corner, ignored by Millions, Steve Dosh, Rinko Levers. Hey everybody, welcome back to Wrong and Wronger, where we tempt fate every time we get rolling to see if we are actually going to have an episode. Squirt out on the other side. <laughs> I am Steve Olivas, always prepared, never technologically defunct Olivas. He is James walking a tightrope, but now a renowned internet expert on, of all things, grilled cheese, James Breakwell. And James, how are you doing this morning? I uh, I wondered why my voice sounded weird, and it's because I haven't talked to anybody yet today. I, I rolled out of bed like... <laughs> <laughs> Two minutes ago, I turned on 65 different pieces of technology so I could yep. record with you and have a backup to the backup to the backup, because God yep. forbid we have to do this for a second time. And uh, and then I opened my mouth. God forbid we do it yeah. the first time. But yeah. Well, yeah, this is, this is also true. But I am here recording for posterity that my voice has not yet been loosened up to its its usual lush, lush vocal tones. Up. I am just I'm just going to wow. give you what you get when I when I wake up after, you know, 10 to 16 hours of, of bat-like hibernation wow do, do you go through do you warm up the instrument james me 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 yeah me. Do, I, do you get prepared for the day usually gargle some salt water and listerine and whiskey i, I don't know what people do i do it all all the things huh. well james i wanted to at least do a shout out at the front of the show to a listener and a viewer that seems to be on par Although not in the gift-giving realm, but on par with watching every episode like Judy P. But Susan Bennett, not only does she watch every week, but she comments on our YouTube post every week. And I would be remiss to not say, I see you, Susan Bennett. I know you're out there. And on behalf of James, who's uh, way too much of a curmudgeon to thank anybody online, I thank you for all of your loyal servitude. Well, now that you said her name, she's going to stop commenting and also have to change her name and move. Not because the internet will find her, because nobody will see this except for her and Judy P. She has to move from shame. Just She cannot be associated with this podcast. And Susan Bennett, I am sorry that Steve outed you like that. He is the worst. <laughs> well, James, uh, news of the world this week. On the ranch, Mrs. Steve tore down the doghouse and... I, I had a moment of silence and uh, spilled a little bit out of my 40 onto the ground for that lost dog house. But it seems that you saw something that I posted on Twitter. And I can only assume, James, it's because you made a horrible error in judgment and actually looked at a video I posted. Well, the algorithm shows me your posts. And it does that because, you know, our phones listen to us at all times. And, yeah. uh, you know, my wife said something like, whatever happened to that horrible human being, Steve Olivas? I hope some tragedy <laughs> befell him. And, and lo and behold, my phone revealed this post of you, like, fighting a, so a spider with a sword. I, it was very confusing. And we'll get to that. But first, why does your tiny, tiny little dog have a doghouse when, one, you can't trust him to be outside because anything bigger than a robin can eat him? And two, the dog's house is just your house. He runs that place. He is the most valued member of your household. And if anyone oh, yeah. was ever going to sleep outside in that doghouse, it would be you. 
Well, not now that I know what was in it, but the doghouse <laughs> came with the house. So there are three, so we have two cabins and there were three kind of external structures that were built by the Amish to look like the house. It had the same kind of roof and I don't know, log structure. There's the doghouse, there's an outhouse, which is not an outhouse, it's actually a storage shed, which apparently now stores like uh, ancient gardening tools and hornets. <laughs> uh, and we'll get to that in another video later when Mrs. Steve destroys that one with fire. And then there's the wishing well, which is a decorative, uh, decoratively built well around one of our big electric boxes because we need two relays to get uh, electricity from the street up to our house. You still there? Yeah. Okay. I heard a buzz, and I naturally assumed that uh, that was you failing at everything. But it was <laughs> not! We are still going! And there was simply a second person trying to contact me, because I, unlike you, am a very popular guy, and the world is not trying to kill me it's with the things that in were inside morning. your doghouse. So, instead of a dog in your <sighs> Amish-built, God-blessed doghouse, what, yeah. pray tell, was inside this harmless and innocent structure? <laughs> well, there was one hornet's nest and three black widow nests. <laughs> how how do you know? I Now, again, I live in a state where everything is not constantly trying to kill me. So how did you know it was a black widow and not a more harmless type of spider? Well, you only saw the video. Later, as I portended in the video, I posted a picture of one of the black widow nests and uh, there were probably 15 babies crawling out when Mrs. Steve uh, destroyed the whole thing. So the actual structure itself, she threw into the fire pit and burned anything that was clinging to the walls. <laughs> and everything else she hosed down with wasp spray and then probably stomped out using uh, the heel of her boot to take care of all the Black Widows and their babies. Now, we have extensively discussed rattlesnakes at Rattlesnake Ranch, hence yeah. why you call it Rattlesnake Ranch, to let every know, yeah. everyone know what a terrible place it is. But we also discussed <laughs> how, like, 50,000 people a year get bitten by rattlesnakes. There's some, there's some large number. But the actual yeah. number of deaths is closer to four to eight, because you have to be old and weak or very small in order to die from a rattlesnake bite. It's not an actual threat to a healthy adult male. So are spiders the same way? Are they only able to kill the elderly and frail such as yourself, or would they be a threat to someone young and healthy such as me? You know, James, it's funny you ask that. <laughs> and it sounds like we had this set up before we started, but we really didn't. <laughs> People assume you and I actually talk when we're not recording, and nothing could be further from the truth or more horrific to think about. But uh, I've actually done a bit of extensive research since this year. This year has been, and I think I said this in an earlier video, this year has been such an anomaly with regard to things that uh, of the insect world that can harm you. I have heard more stories from my patients, from people online, about hornets and wasps and yellow jackets coming at them. And we've seen an explosion of black widows around mm. the ranch. Like, they're all over the garage. And so I've, uh, I've done a bit of research. And did you know, James? And uh, this piece of research came compliments of uh, 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 one of my Twitter followers. I don't think she pays attention to this show because she's a decent moral person. But somebody named Karen Ackerman said, I believe those are brown widow spiders, not black widow spiders, when she looked at the picture of the babies. 
So uh, I'd never heard of brown widow spiders, so I actually looked it up, and that's a thing. However, my black widows are not brown widows. But did you know, James Breakwell, there are three different kinds of black widow spiders. There are the southern black widows, the western black widows, and the northern black widows. Each is equally as uh, venomous or poisonous. Somebody will correct me on that one. But each have slightly different markings. And the ones that were in my doghouse in Tennessee were northern black widows, given the markings on their abdomens. So there you go, James. You can take that to the bank. Well, this fills me with pride because you there in the South might have a different view of history. But I, for one, am grateful that Abraham Lincoln won the Civil War. And it's good that the Northern Spiders, <laughs> along with the rest of the Northerners, are still putting their mark on the great state of Tennessee. So this is uh, <laughs> this this pleases me. I have uh, you, you did not answer my question at all, though. Like, is this thing going to kill you or not? Oh, sorry. I, I was so happy to drop a little knowledge on you. Uh, the answer is, yeah, it's like rattlesnakes. However... Uh, just from what I gather, rattlesnakes, when they bite you, it's not the pain, but the inflammation that becomes the problem. When a black widow bites you, it's not the inflammation, it's the pain that's the problem. Because rattlesnake venom causes things to sort of sweat and swell. And black widow venom, it goes right after the nerves. So uh, all of your neurons are firing and screaming in pain, and it apparently lasts over a week. Like, it's a pretty raw deal if you get bit by a black widow. Did you ever send your poor defenseless dog into this house of death? No, no, the doghouse was strictly ornamental. I see, and you yourself were never sent out to the doghouse, metaphorically perhaps, but not literally. No, but the funny thing is, uh, when I set up my archery stuff, I set up my stand right at the mouth of the doghouse. And I always kind of peer into the shadows, wondering if there's a snake in there. But as it turns out, snake would have been the best case scenario because I can avoid a snake. You launch like an attack of, like a, a drone attack of hornets. It's a bad day for you because I don't know how you get out of that one. You're going to get a few stings. Yeah, I... Uh... I've been discussing spiders extensively recently, and I won't I won't throw out any names, even though no one involved in this story is remotely attached to this podcast, and they would rather <laughs> die than watch it. But there was there were aspersions cast against spiders recently, and I am I am no fan <laughs> of spiders. Like my my kids, they freak out at spiders, and my job is to kill spiders. My kids freak out, and I kill something. That is that is basically the only thing I do as a father, because all Aww. spiders are harmless compared to me and just 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 raw size it's just there's not mm. it's not going to be a fair fight and up here again the worst spiders we have are wolf spiders which i think if they bite you it's like a wolf sting the spider looks kind of bad but i mean realistically i mean i'm six feet tall a spider is you know like half an inch tall like it's not a fair fight i can just step on it it's not going to bite through my shoe anyway mm. somebody yeah. who i will not name was posting in a thread i may or may not be a part of and they thought <laughs> their children had been waylaid by spiders in their sleep there were marks on the skin oh, and they oh. thought surely surely a spider had attacked their children in spots that should have been covered by clothing crawl up under the clothing in their sleep bit the children without the children waking up and then crawled away like Again, for no reason. And I, who again, am no fan of spiders and probably am, you know, on the spiders most wanted list just based on the number of spiders I killed. 
believed that the spiders were being falsely accused. This, the number of steps this organism would have to go through to attack the children for no reason seemed improbable to me. And uh, after further consultations with the with doctors, it turned out to be a, uh, a serious skin infection. It had nothing to do with spiders at all. So the moral of the story is, bacteria are terrifying, it will take you down, and spiders are harmless <laughs> and mean nothing, and you probably burned down that doghouse for no reason, because the actual killers in the universe are too small to see with the naked eye. Well, Mrs. Steve didn't burn down the doghouse to kill everything inside. She wanted it gone. She thought it was an eyesore on the property. And I said, hell no, that doghouse stays because I love it. And when I got home from work that night, it had been reduced to ashes in the fire pit. So if the dog would have said, I like the doghouse, it would have stayed. But, you know, Dr. Steve says the doghouse stays and it goes before I come home from work. But no, she didn't know what was in it when she burned it down. So I will give her that. But she, like your thread mates, uh, hates spiders and will not kill them. That's my job. What, what confuses me about this story is Mrs. Steve has devoted her entire life to eliminating eyesores from the ranch. And yet she <laughs> lets you come back. It's, you knew where I was going with that before I finished the sentence. <laughs> God, we've been married too long, you and I, Well. <laughs> really kind of did yeah i couldn't stop it either i was just watching the car crash happen yeah <laughs> yeah it, it, i will never understand i mean i guess i've never met your wife so i just i don't understand the dynamic i don't know what you bring to this relationship uh but i guess i guess you're there i guess i mean i'd say you're there if she falls and hurts herself or something but you're not like repeatedly history has proven that you are not there for her at all she's totally on her own fighting the spiders, burning down structures, destroying eyesores, just in general doing the Lord's work, and you're off wherever, probably basking in, in glory under my picture in the bathroom at work. Uh, well, I, which I do most mornings after my coffee. Yeah. <laughs> um, the funny thing is on Twitter, not on Twitter, I think it was on Facebook, somebody, I wrote something like, uh, I don't need to have a day off. This is for Labor Day. I don't need a day off. I need to reverse time itself. And someone wrote, well, if you reverse time, everything would change. What if there was no Mrs. Steve? And I wrote, she would have probably been happier. And the, the person never responded because they probably thought, yeah, he's probably right. But yeah, uh, she made her choice, James. I, what can I do? That reminds me. So um, we, we do another podcast that's much more popular than this one called 10 Minutes to Save Your Marriage. And we did it last week and I actually got a reply. And uh, the, the reply <laughs> the reply was... What's happening? The reply does something to the effect of, uh, thanks for doing that. It made me smile. Which, you know, I, I'm not going for smiles. I'm going for laughter. That's okay. But what, it, what, it, what I took away from that, the way you actually interpret that, if you read between the line and understand human beings, is she thought, I did amazing. And she hopes that you, like the Black Widows, die in a fire. Because if you recall on that particular podcast, I praised and upheld mothers and the idea of motherhood. And you spent nine straight minutes bashing mothers in general and her mother in particular. I have never heard such a vulgar stream of insults, and so I can only assume that smile was directed at me, and the the uh, just you know massive silence. Other than that, tells us exactly sure. what she thinks of you. No, nah, I've been outed. It's my uh, latent hatred of all women that started bleeding out in that episode. Obviously, James. <laughs> 
You know what's funny? I never remember these episodes after we do them. When you said our latest episode, I thought, God dang, what the heck was our latest episode? Now I have little little tendrils of remembering what I said. But uh, whatever it was, it was spot on, and it was accurate, and it was helpful. And then uh, you threw whatever horse manure you could onto the pile, and we sent it off onto the Internet. I love that you insult mothers so often. You can't even distinguish this episode from all the other mother-insulting episodes you've thrown out in the world. Uh, that is to say, though, usually we record two podcasts in a row. We'll do Wrong and Wronger, which no one hears, and we'll do 10 Minutes to Save Your Marriage with lots of people here. But for 10 minutes to work, somebody has to give us a question, and although it has lots of listeners, it does not have lots of questions. So if you have a relationship issue you'd like to ask us about, you can send it in to me. You can email it to jamesbreakwell at explodingunicorn.com. That's explodingunicorn with the E, and we'll get to it. Uh, just don't ask about mothers unless you want to hear a just a not safe for work tirade from steve uh you do not want to know his opinions on motherhood i would say he puts them in roughly the same category as black widows it is really upsetting quite frankly Uh, oh boy boy you know there are so many parallels that i could draw here james that's a very insightful comment good good on you People, we're gonna the, the three people from here are now gonna go to that podcast to figure out what the heck you really said, and uh, they're gonna come back, come away shocked and horrified. That's all. That's all I can say. It's gonna live up to the hype. Ah, well, little cross pollination, but good for you, Breakwell, to try to drum up some ten minutes business on wrong and wronger, and we'll see if Susan Bennett or Judy P have a question. Well, I can only assume their lives are perfect. Why else would they seek out the train wreck that is this podcast? Like, you don't, if you're in a bad place already, you can't come here and listen to us talk about skin infections and black widows. Like, this is, (laughs) if you were already broken and you come here, this is the podcast that pushes you over the edge. This is like three layers below rock bottom. When you come here, you have to have uh, all stable, healthy relationships in your life, and everything else has to be perfect to even tolerate a few minutes of this banter. How do you explain our showing up here every week? Like, I, we, we are two men in very dark places with a lot of self-loathing that we both carry forward. And yet, here we are, week after week. We are two men in very dark places with lots of self-loathing in remarkably stable relationships. We are paradoxes. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> even, even our relationship to each other and mutual self-loathing is stable beyond either of our comfort <laughs> levels. Like, if this were to collapse, I think each of us would be secretly relieved, and yet here we are, week after week. It's like, man, I am booked up solid for the next seven days completely, except for, like, 3 a.m. on Tuesday. I'm like, all right, I'll be there. We'll do this. 3 a.m. on Tuesday, book it. <laughs> And here we are, as uh, darkness pervades outdoors and darkness pervades in our hearts, James. So, is it still dark by you? You're like 7.30 in the morning. The sun's got to be up already, right? There's like a gray haze over the world. Who knows what's going on out there? Maybe there's more fire smoke. Maybe there's clouds. Maybe the sun gave up today. I don't know. I don't go mm. outside to check. I'm just going to sit here and be happy. I thought you record in front of a big window, don't you? Well, yeah, but I'm not going to, like, crane my neck and look out there. I'd have to reach out my hand and move a curtain, (laughs) and that's way more commitment than I have to satisfying your curiosity. So you're just going to have to be left in wonder. Uh, You know, I did think of you this week, Breakwell, because I I spent the three-day weekend mowing, and it was the planes, trains, and automobiles version because I mowed for hours in the tractor, I mowed for hours on the riding mower, and I mowed for hours with the push mower. And I'm still, we're only about halfway done. 
Mrs. Steve's having trouble operating the tractor because of her broken ankle. And uh, she also had, I can't remember if I said she's got a problem with her hand that she just had a second surgery on. So she doesn't trust herself in the tractor. So the, uh, the lion's share of the mow responsibilities have fallen onto me. And I thought of you and throwing out uh, like food in the backyard for your pigs to trample down the grass in the backyard so you don't have to mow. And I thought I need about 700 pigs on my property and I will never have to mow again. I was I was angry. Real offer. Real offer. I will loan you mm -hmm. not one, but two pigs yeah. who you can set out there <laughs> to mow down your grass. Why, why don't you just mow less? It's not like you have a football field out there to maintain. You could put a 10-foot perimeter around your house and whatever structures you haven't burned down and call it a day. You don't have to keep like 60 acres perfectly mowed. The only people who use that are not even people. The only things are rattlesnakes that you hate, turkeys that you hate, and deer that you sort of like but also plan to kill in the near future. Yeah. Wow. What a great synopsis of uh, the community on the ranch. <laughs> but uh, we do we do keep uh, nicely manicured what I call our lawn, which is kind of what you're saying, a little perimeter around the two structures. But our you said a football field. Our yard, our property is uh, laid out more like a golf course. So there's a bunch of cool like uh, open areas and paths. I could actually probably put a nine-hole golf course. I'll have to look up, I think I did once, the difference in size between what I have and what a nine-hole golf course acreage-wise would be. But uh, it, it looks like a golf course from the air. Like uh, there's fairways and there could be greens. So the point is we mow probably 40 acres, maybe 45, but because of the way the property's laid out, it makes for cool exploration opportunities if there are mowed areas. We don't have a pasture to mow. We have like inlets and fjords to mow. And uh, that makes it interesting and it keeps the property cool, even though you can't see all the parts we mow until you go to them. But once you're there, you appreciate the beauty. And James, if there's one thing I am in, in, in intimate, in, <laughs> When I, not the English language is not anything that I'm familiar with, but beauty. Every time I look in the mirror, I bask in my own radiance. First of all, you don't appreciate natural beauty at all. Every time you discover something new on the ranch, you kill it. And then you devote multiple posts on Twitter to how you kill it, how you failed to kill it, be it an armadillo or a, a patch of natural blackberries or anything else. You are at war with nature itself. Second, you finished exploring this place on like day two. I mean, 140 acres or a million acres, whatever it is, you, you, you walk the property. And now when you mow, you are not exploring. You are not out there uh, breaking new ground. You are retreading exactly the same ground over and over again on a weekly basis and the only way it's a new discovery is if your own poor memory fails you and lets you think it's new again you know exploration doesn't mean we are now drawing new maps of like the louisiana territory it just means uh, going to different parts of the property and basking in its radiance which nearly masks mine masks <laughs> no matches god my brain's not working. I've got my coffee here, Breakwell. You kick the door open, shine a flashlight in my eyes at 4.30 in the morning and say, you got to record with me. This is what you get. This is your fault. 
well, this is my top priority in my life. And uh, <laughs> it's, it's funny that you, you, you talked earlier about how we don't talk outside of this. It's really true. Like, honestly, even the banter beforehand while I'm turning on nine different devices so that this doesn't fail, I always feel like, what a waste. Every word we ever say to each other should be recorded, and then there should be no other words outside of that ever for any reason. <laughs> You actually said that last week. I don't remember what we were jabbering about, but you said, stop, we're wasting content. <laughs> when you have when you have no content to start with, you got to preserve what you got. You can't be firing it out there for our own amusement because you and I will instantly forget. But when we record it on here, it's there forever for also nobody to hear. But you know what? It's, it's the idea. It's the principle. It, it Well, almost, I think... In the seven-year history, or six-year, I forgot how many years we've been doing this, we have lost two shows to, uh, like, uh, the, the, the library at Alexandria burned down and all of those papyrus scrolls were lost. We have, I believe, lost two episodes of Wrong and Wrong. We have, uh, despite my best efforts. And the second one really kills me because by then I was, like, making a conscious effort for that to never happen again. And I seem to recall <laughs> one of the ones we lost was perhaps our best episode ever. And I could not tell you now what it was about other than the fact, oh, you know what it was about? It was about what? you writing dirty greeting cards that that story came up it had never in 500 previous episodes had never come up before and will never come up again but it came up in that one episode and my shock and horror was genuine and gold and it it is just gone and i can't be shocked that way again we can't recreate that magic so we're just never going to tell that story it's absolutely true wow i can't believe you pulled that up that must have been the second one we missed because the first one we missed, you were telling a story about like digging a trench in your yard and recording a book at the same time. I oh. forgot which one of your books it was, but you were writing a book by talking it through while you were digging in your yard. I remember that story. I was, yes, I, I did. Uh, I mean, I don't remember losing that story, but I did do that. Yeah, that was, I was doing the landscaping out there. It was like the final audio checks. I was just letting the book read itself to me and then going back in and, ah. and editing it. So I, I, yeah, but that, that is true. And uh, nobody probably cared about that story. The dirty greeting card story that people <laughs> might've actually wanted to hear that story, but it is what it is. It's lost to history, but that will never happen again because I record this on my computer and I have a backup of my kid's old phone. I record with that as well. You can see here the hearts on the case with glitter inside, no less. So it's serious Aww. business there. Uh, and I'm sure the quality is terrible if we have to default to that, but at least it would be there. So uh, never again will one of our precious words be lost. And it was scripts for dirty video greeting cards, so it was that ups the ante well, a little bit. Maybe we will have to tell that story again because clearly I don't remember it. <laughs> well, we can't do it now because we're out of time. Uh, I gotta walk us out of here, break well. And uh, this is always the best part of the show because when I hit stop record, we, we almost hang up on each other. There's like a little wisp of smoke where we were left standing. But until we meet again, when we come face to phone and you get regaled with stories of black widows and dirty greeting cards and Breakwell digging a trench, this is Steve Olivas, Dr. Steve for James the Exploding Unicorn will not lose another episode. Breakwell saying thanks for watching, thanks for listening, thanks to Susan Ben and Judy P. And remember, as always, two wrongs can make a right. <laughs>